great to be with you this morning. Happy Mother's Day to all the mums. Happy Mother's Day to my mum. Nice. It's nice to be in the same city as my mum to say Happy Mother's Day. There's a lot of years we weren't. But now we are, and it's great. Well, I'm carrying on with our series Closer this morning. After, after Lance turns off his Facebook and now brought attention to him, he's really panicking. But that's all right, that's all right. It was me speaking, I could hear myself, it was quite disconcerting. You guys have to listen to me, I don't. So I've called my message this morning, tell her that you love her. Tell her that you love her. And obviously it's Mother's Day, and every mum wants to be told they're loved. Hey, mums, put your hand up if I'm correct. Every mum wants to be told they're loved. In fact, every person wants to be told that they're loved. And what I've discovered is that intimacy and appreciation grow through spoken affirmation, don't they? They grow as you speak. See, words really matter. Words build up and words pull down. So spoken affirmation builds up. And it's a great thing, and we all love it. Proverbs 18 says this, wise words satisfy like a good meal. Probably lose weight too if that's all you do. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. We all like to be affirmed. We all like to be encouraged. Let me show you. Turn to someone, either side of you, and just tell them it's great to see them today and they look fantastic. Not only does it feel fantastic as a receiver, it feels fantastic as the giver of the affirmation. It's lovely. It's lovely. And we are, you know, we're just wired like that, all of us. It feels good to receive. It feels good to say because we all need affirmation. And I think maybe that's a prophetic takeaway for some of us today is that we need to start affirming people around us. You know, we need to start building people up thinking about what we say before we say it, and, and intentionally build them up. Yeah. Intentionally go on the front foot and, and, and just, you will see people rise. You'll see the best. Did you see the kids when they were doing that poem? Did you see as we applauded them, built them up? Did you see them glowing, the smiles coming? I thought, you know, that is so good. If we'd sat there and we'd gone, boo, they probably would have never stood in front of anyone in their life again. Hey. But because we affirm them, you could just see them and you go, that's what affirmation does. It builds us up. And and here's the thing, you know, I think if we can't affirm people, um, particularly for well-deserved effort, really all it speaks about is our own insecurities. And and what it actually says is that we're small because we can't uh, lift others up and affirm others. And I think we need to affirm others. So tell her that you love her. if I'm fostering a relationship but I'm not speaking, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. You know, affirmation requires... With Jan, can you come and join me for a minute, please? Give Jan a hand as she comes. Yeah. 
I'm trying to affirm her with my eyes and everything, but it's not. If, 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 you, if you're trying to get close to someone and you're not using your words, essentially you're a stalker. That's what you're doing. You're stalking them. You've got to use your How much did your mum say to you when you were a kid? Use your words, Sheridan. Use your words. Use your words. Otherwise, you're just a, a stalker. Tell her. Jen, I love you. And how you tell her matters, eh? How you tell her matters. You know, you've got to look in her eyes. And Jen, I love you. You're an, you're an incredible mother. And you're going to be an awesome nana. Amazing. 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 The, the way you say it matters, eh? Because if I go, love you. Not really going to cut it. No, no. Love you. Not really. But if I look in her eyes, I love you, Jen. That's different. Time to leave, is it? Oh. <laughs> Let's go. How you say it really matters as well. See, there's love languages. There's, <coughs> there's books and stuff you can get, and they're all about love languages, and there's five of them that they talk about. There's words of affirmation. There's quality time. There's acts of service. There's gifts, and there's touch. And there's always one or two of those love languages that are going to ring true with you more than the others. But the truth is they all matter. All of them matter. I am yet to meet a person, uh, even if their love language might be quality time, if I give them a gift, I'm yet to meet the person who doesn't want the gift. You know, they all matter to us, don't they? They, they, they're all important, and so whether you go, well, actually, words of affirmation aren't my primary um, love language or not, we still need to be able to give and receive yeah. words of affirmation. It's so important as, as we, we grow, because we all appreciate the words of affirmation. If I come down here, Michael and Gillian, you guys are seriously the greatest pastors on the planet. I tell people that everywhere I go. Seriously, without word of a lie. I say, we've got the best pastors in the world. Their names are Michael and Gillian Brown. Now, does that feel nice to be told that? I think it feels, yeah, he wants more. He's like saying, come on, come on, come on. If I, if I go to, to these guys, Josh and, oh, I'm making it hard for the camera because I've I just remembered I meant to stay on the stage. Anyway, uh, Josh, Josh and, and Riss Moore, you guys are incredible. And the way you've raised your kids and the way your family are coming through, you are awesome parents and people and leaders. Wonderful. I'm sure you'd prefer I didn't say that publicly, maybe, but it's true. And it feels good, doesn't it? When someone affirms you and says, the, the, the poem that Joseph wrote this morning, come on. What a gift. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I could go around the room and I could look at, at most of you and I could say something heartfelt that, that would build you up. And we all love it. And here's the deal. Tell her that you love her. Tell them that you love them. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you love him. I think David, King David, was known by God as a man after God's own heart. And I think this had a lot to do with it, actually. I think he was, uh, you know, 1 Samuel 13, um, Acts 13 is where it talks about it primarily. Acts 13 says this. It says, then the people begged for a king. And God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, 
I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. See, the, the thing that fascinates me about this passage is that we know David made big mistakes. Hey, we do. We know, we know David made some huge mistakes. He didn't just think about making the mistakes. He made the mistakes. And, and he compounded the mistakes. You look through a natural, natural eye and sometimes you go, what a scoundrel. You know, he, he used his position to get away with murder. That's terrible. We know that, yet God looks at him and says, he is a man after my own heart, which I find fascinating. I find it really interesting. You know, for God obviously knew David well to be able to say that. I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, uh, spoke and included Matthew chapter 7, the scariest chapter in the Bible, one of them. There's a few actually. And, and it says this, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. So it's talking about obedience. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and we perform miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. The context is obedience. But there's no coincidence in the Bible, is there? So, so God knew David to be able to say he was a man after his own heart. God knew him. David knew God and God knew him. I think that's the goal. If we make that the goal for our lives, that, that we know God and God knows us, I think that's a, a pretty good goal. But I believe that, I believe this is partially so because David told him that he loved him. He said it all the time. If you read through the Psalms, you, you, you find in the Psalms that just expressions of love and emotion and frustrations and sorrows and heartache and joy and faith and anger and love. He was just like totally open before God. God knew him. Totally knew him. Psalm, um, let's go to Psalm 27. Hopefully you're doing all right at Turco. You're doing all right out in the overflow room. Psalm 27 says this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? Well, right there you can see he's wrestling with some emotion at the very start. He's saying, Lord, you're the light of my salvation. Why should I be? He's not saying why. He's saying why should I be afraid because he's obviously afraid. So why is he wrestling with all this straight away? He's just an open book before God. You know, you're my salvation, you're my light, but I'm, I'm afraid. The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. You just feel this whole range of emotions going on here. It's like, I'm trembling, I'm afraid, but no, God, I won't be afraid. I'm going to keep going. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of out of high reach on a high rock, sort of out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising to the Lord with music. 
Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God, and my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path where my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done, and every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. I love that this is one random psalm, but you just get a sense of God's emotion of David's emotion in there, don't you? He's pouring out everything to God. He's far from perfect, but God knew him and he knew God. And I wonder if that's because he told him that he loved him. He told him how he felt. He told him what was going on. I think we've got to tell him that we love him. We've got to tell him. We've got to be comfortable telling him that we love him. You know, worship, when we come together, when we gather together, Primarily singing, but the whole lot really is worship. We, we come together and it's an opportunity to tell him that we love him. It's an opportunity to join together. You know, we join together as a congregation with the other congregations around our nation and the nations of the world to tell him that we love him. So that's what will happen. That's why we worship. It's why we sing. It's why we celebrate. You know, it's it's not a our worship singing is not a prelim. It's not a prelim just so there's background music while we arrive 10, 15 minutes late. Not speaking to anyone in particular. Probably 85% of you. Sad as it is. Yeah, I just did. Um, it's not a prelim. It's not a prelim. It's not, it's not like, you know, the, the musos, the creative teams, they work during the week. They come out during the week and practice and they get here nice and early before we start. But they're prepared because they know that even before the first note they play, their role is to draw us out of our weeks, good, bad or otherwise, into his presence. That's their role. And, and so it's not a prelim. We come to worship, to express ourselves to God, to, to just lay it out there, to, to, to tell him how wonderful he is and to thank him and to praise him and to honor him because it's time to tell him that we love him. It's time to tell him. And how we say it matters. Love you, Jan. Love you, God. Oh, Jesus, I'm so grateful. So grateful for everything you've done in my life. You've totally set me free. Totally set me free. Totally, totally. It's not like that, is it? No, no. You know, part of um, what uh, Steve McCracken prophesied over our church this year was really interesting. Back in February, he said an army arising, taking place at the forefront of what's happening in this nation. Go to your knees, pray, declare the words of God over this nation. Come into agreement with God. Come out of the barracks and onto the battlefield. And then he said, he broke intimidation off. He broke the, the uh, said to shake the shackles of restraint off. That there's a tidal wave of glory flowing through New Zealand, not to wait for it, but to be it. 
God's looking for involvement, a pick me attitude to be positioned where God places you. That's what we're doing when we're praying, praising. You know, we're saying, actually we're saying, we're telling him that we love him. And we're saying, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm good to go. Whatever you want, I'm good to go. Tell him that you love him and the way that we say it really, really matters. I'm, um, by nature, I'm a relatively reserved uh, person on, the, on the, all the tests. I lean slightly to the introvert side of the scale. You know, those personality tests. I like those. I really enjoy those things. They don't put me in a box. They just help me understand myself, they, um, which is a, a job some days. But, but, but I'm just, you know, I lean a bit toward the introverted side. But even as a, as a reasonably reserved person and, and with a leaning toward an introvert, my desire is always to say yes to God. It's always to walk closer with God and closely with God and to develop a heart after him. It's what I long to do. It's what I pray. It's what I strive to do. And uh, strive, I pray, in the right sense. But I was recently challenged by a dear friend of mine. He, he, he hit me up like good friends do. You know, good friends will actually speak into your world. And he said, um, Sheridan, why do you make jokes about uh, all the time? He must have heard me a couple of times. He said, why do you make jokes about the fact that you love God and people a little bit less? Or not so much. People not so much. And he really hit me up. He said, children, why do, you, why do you make jokes about loving God and people not so much? He said, because it's not true. I look at your life. It's just not true. I went and did some soul searching on it because I wanted to answer the question. Because I thought, well, that's probably a good question. <laughs> so, so I went and did some soul searching. And, and really, I, I just landed the whole thing. At, at, it's a protection mechanism for me, personally. It's a protection mechanism because, you know, sometimes people um, do silly things. Sometimes people say silly things. Sometimes people are nasty, and I don't want to get hurt. So it's easier to say, I love God so much, and people a little bit less, because it just keeps that little bit of distance, you know? That little bit of distance here that gives me time to react if you're being nasty to me. And so, but, but the, the truth is, I deeply love people. I've given my life to serving people. That's the truth. And so maybe I thought, I need to tell you that. <laughs> tell her that you love her. Tell them that you love them. Tell him that you love them. Tell him that you love them. Tell him, God, that you love him. And how you say it really matters. It really matters. I remember, you know, back in the early days of, of I don't know, when I say early days, it was probably 20. In, introverted, bit shy, all those things, in church, desperately wanting to worship Jesus. You know, just everything in me. Just wanted to worship Jesus, but really self-conscious. D- just didn't want to make a scene, still don't want to make a scene. Um, you, you want to see a miracle? I'm standing here, there's a miracle. Um, uh, didn't want to make a scene, but, you know, I come into church and I go, get stirred. I'm going to worship Jesus today. I'm just going to let it all go. I'm going to worship Jesus, you know. So I worship Jesus. Hands up. <laughs> oh, like I'm fully expressing myself today. 
in the presence of God, I'm lifting my hands to my creator and I'm worshiping him, spirit and in truth, giving it everything I've got. Feeling totally self-conscious because everyone can see me with my hands in the air. (laughs) Everyone. Then over time, I just—I really want to worship Jesus today. I'm going to sing in a volume where I can almost hear myself. (laughs) And I'm going to lift. Oh yeah, I just—it's stirring in me. I just can't stay. I've got to do something. So I'm going to lift my hands to Jesus because I'm just getting free in the Lord. Well, it's better than that. Progress, progress, progress. And then over time, you know. Time comes and slowly. I'm out there now. I'm really out there. And then just like really ramp it up. Come on. Come on. Like I'm fully expressing myself now. Because how you say it matters. And I'm just like, and then over time, it's just like, because I want to express Jesus with everything I am. I want to express him with all I am to the best way I can. Despite myself, I want to push myself to where I feel a little uncomfortable in expressing myself to God because I think that if there's no sacrifice, it's not worth anything. And, and I was thinking about it and I was thinking, well, as in, in my temperament, as free as I am now, because I feel free in God. I, tell, I was in a, a conference in Australia um, this weekend representing uh, our Axe Churches movement at the Axe Global Conference. I had a dilemma. I didn't know what to do with myself. It was like a Holy Spirit meeting. People praising God, worshipping God, but they were playing country music. <laughs> oh, talk about conflicted. It's like, Jesus, I want to worship you, but I don't know I want to worship you that much. Gotta, oh, come on. Anyway, I had to reconcile it, and um, I, I, I did. But, you know, I read the Psalms, and as free as I feel in God today in myself, I'm still not quite up to David's level. He ran through the streets naked. And I thought, but today's the day. <laughs> nah, not really. Not really. Not really. This is what I figure. If Jesus can hang on a cross for me, I can worship him unabandoned. If he can hang on a cross and forgive me and set me free, I've just got to get over myself and learn to be unabandoned in his presence and tell him that I love him because I want him to know me. I don't want to be a victim of Matthew chapter seven. I want him to know me. I want to know him, I want him to know me. And if that means I've got to live in the uncomfortable zone in my worship and my praise, I'm just going to live there. Because not only do I want to say to him, I love him, how I say it matters. And if you go biblically, biblically the, 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 the postures really matter. They really matter. It's not just that I love you, Lord. No, no, the, the postures matter. Hands held high, you know, kneeling. The words worship mean all these different words. Uh, it could be prostrate. 
I've got to stop before I say that if you felt the pause because I get prostrate and prostate mixed up quite often. It's kind of like bought and brought, hey? You don't quite know which one you should say until you say it and realise you said the wrong one. It's like, it's like, like prostrate before the Lord. and It matters. It matters. Oh, I'm going to fall off. It matters. It really matters. The least I can do is tell him that I love him with passion and with expression and bring my sacrifice of praise to the Lord because if it's not costing me something, it's not a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice. You know, every day, and I'm not just talking about in church when we gather, I'm talking about life. You know, the very time I don't feel like praising him is the time I need to step into that praise and tell him that I love him. And it costs me something, and that's okay. That's okay. It's the way it should be. Posture matters, our body position, our expression, our words, our, our energy and our language and our sincerity really matters when we're worshiping Him and when we're praising Him. Our authenticity, worship in spirit and in truth, it really matters. And our frequency, our volume actually matters. It matters. It all matters. I think the difference between religion religious activity or form and genuine expression of praise and worship sometimes looks very similar. But you know. You know the difference. You know if you're calm and you're just going through the motions or if you're actually laying it out before him. I, I look at David, I read his Psalms in amazement. I just think, wow, that guy was in touch with himself. He knew what was going on. He just laid it before God. So powerful. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you love him. If it's not costing us, it's just a religious form that means very little. Tell him that you love him. Speaking and declaring our affections towards God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a bit, it's a bit confusing sometimes, isn't it? But who should I be talking to? Don't worry, the three in one. <clears throat> it doesn't matter who you're talking, you're talking to them all. Just help you get free today. Don't panic about that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it builds intimacy. Our words build intimacy. If I stand beside Jan and say nothing, I'm nothing but a stalker. And I don't want to be a spiritual stalker, kind of getting close to God but not saying anything. It's just a bit odd. Some of you saying you are odd. <laughs> That's okay, but I'm not going to be a spiritual stalker. No, I want to get in His presence and express myself. Tell Him that you love Him. Tell Him that you love Him. If we're truly wanting to walk closer, and this is our series is closer, tell them that you love them. Tuako this morning, tell them that you love them. Out in the overflow room, tell him that you love him.